I'm, here's that dive shit. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just uh, <laughs> they I'm did tired. do it. That's I'm, right. They had like, yeah, like five back to back dives at one point. Yeah, the dive, dive. That's right. Yo, stop. I'm tired. What the fuck? <laughs> One, as a, as a dude who's like in his mid to late 30s, the margin of error for that is like, one, it's crazy. Two, again, it breaks my suspension of belief because mm-hmm. now and especially when the especially when the camera can't fudge the shit. So I'm not seeing it when you just letting me see it. I'm just and then. Uh, God damn it. I know that this is that the is predetermined. Don't fucking make me know that aggressively i paid 50 dollars for this <laughs> like so that that mm, ah that dive shit i don't Dude, know one of the good things about the thing then one of the you know the stables the great stables of the of the best shield matches was that when seth rollins did his dive you did not see him coming people no. were brawling and then you like he would disappear and you forgot about him and then out of nowhere he flies and you're like oh shit that was awesome yeah. and this was not that um, uh, well, it, again, how can you be? How can how can the camera crew get it right when there's so many dives, bro? Like there's too <laughs> many. There's too many. So someone gonna be, yo, all them can't. They all know what to do. They know how to do it. But it's like, bro, you got there's so many, and we gotta match how y'all are positioning yourselves. So this was not, you know, uh, this was not fun. But it was, last, was. They did a lot of stuff. Last uh, take I have about this match, and this might this might upset you. Uh, but I do genuinely believe this. I think Jungle Boy needs like a year in WWE. gentlemen we welcome you in our recorded glory once again to the greatest wrestling podcast in all of the world my name is mike alloy and with me as always the el guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy satoyo here guys thank you so much tuning in once again to give me the book thank you all for joining us we have a busy show for you we had full gear last week we have survivor series uh tomorrow coming out so we have a lot to talk about but unfortunately um, as with too many times this year, we have to start with another round of WWE releases. Um, on yet another Thursday, we found out WWE released eight talents, including the three members of Hero, Tegan Knox, and uh, Johnny, uh, John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo. Um, again, all uh, talented individuals. And of course, uh, first and foremost, we hope that they land on their feet. We hope that they... Will keep finding way to, uh, you know, feed themselves and their families and their loved ones. Um, and once again, it just kind of dampens the mood on the uh, on the otherwise exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Um, I do want to, as usual, I always have to say this. I do not want to have this conversation about, you know, the uh, the contracts. I think we've talked about, um, you know, the bullshit that is the independent contractor. Um, way too often, and I don't think this changes anything. I don't think we have anything new to say about it. Um, 
So, you know, it, it just it is what it is. WWE releases wrestlers. Again, as per always, nor do I want to make a, a moral argument about it because there's just nothing new to add there either. Um, I will say this to people who are on Twitter and happen to listen to us. Don't, please don't, like, use other people losing their job to further your agenda, whatever it is. Uh, and whatever those people said in character, by the way, on social media doesn't matter. Uh, don't, like, be happy that they lost their livelihoods. Uh, that's a... a a really shady behavior. Um, that being said, I only want to look at this uh, particular set of releases from a perspective of a consumer of the product, um, which is why the release of specifically Hit Row is so baffling, right? Uh, as somebody who watches NXT and somebody who watches SmackDown, I don't understand why you take one of the hottest acts in NXT, um, take him away for a month and a half, have them give them valuable TV time, have them do well in a valuable TV time, have them cut promos that by all means the crowd is into and, you know, had receives positive uh, feedback from, from the internet and then just release them with no warning kind of out of nowhere. Um, not to mention, I mean, the talent there and the versatility is, you know, kind of speaks for itself. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of why you formed this group, right? You have these people who are uh, good in the ring. In the case of Isaiah, sort of Scott, great in the ring. Um, and have these, you know, talents, they actually make legitimate music. They have legitimacy, right? Which are how, in, in the hip hop world, which how many WWE superstars can say that? Um, so I think they're just one, incredibly valuable talents. And two, I don't understand why you continue to devalue product, right? You give them valuable time that, you know, we wasted investing in them and now they're no longer there. You take them away from NXT. NXT just posted its lowest rating ever. Uh, and I don't think it's because they do a bad job. I would still watch it. I still enjoy the 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 programming for what it is, which is, you know, a developmental territory with lots of good characters and, you know, one or two quality matches per night. But there's, it's hard to mess anybody when you do a, almost 100% of the roster turnover every six months. So why yeah. not? Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there, well, uh, it, 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 Go ahead. No, I mean, to that point, it's kind of what it is. They're, they don't see value in these people. Sorry. That's just what it, that's just what it appears to be. They are wrong. Um, but they don't. Again, this is a company right now that will continue to claim budget cuts while uh, purporting uh, record profit gains. You know, so they're they are not thinking of their talent in that way. They are thinking of, you know, what it looks like to the shareholders and, and they're beholden to. So they're not thinking about any of this shit. <laughs> they're, they're really not. They are thinking about something else entirely. Um and from a from a person's perspective, you can get upset about it. Taya Valkyrie had a very good point that she posted on Twitter, which is legitimate. She was there. Her husband was there. Um, she has the most legitimate position. You know, like there aren't too many people who would have a more legitimate position than well, she other would. Performers, on such performers, a matter. other sentiments, to be fair, right? What, like as I said, there there aren't. There's no one else who would have more than you know than her. You have to be there as well. Um, but yeah, they don't see any value in these people. Um, and, and again, this is the same company that over a decade ago was making it very clear that, you know, they, it's the double speak that they engage in. Well, we don't want any marquee stars. We want WWE to be the marquee, you know, um, which is true in a way because of how they uh, don't invest in the vast majority of their talent uh, to optimal levels. But also is untrue in some ways because you can see them invest in particular talents for half a decade to diminishing returns. Um, so it's just about what they choose to see value in. It's more so, I think, about what they are obsessed with being right about more than anything else. Um, so 
I, I do hope that all of, you know, hit row came in and they were hot and fresh and it was exciting to see that where they were going. But the minute they took away one element, I'm like, all right, cool. As far, as far as it relates to John Morrison, the moment they got rid of his wife, the writing kind of had to be on the wall for him. Uh, as far as it relates to Jackson Riker, um, he wasn't really doing much to begin with. Uh, interestingly enough, though, he just had had a feud with Elias where he won the feud, um, but they just never did anything with him going forward. Also makes me wonder about what might happen to Elias because he was supposed to be going through some character change and they scrapped that and now he's just not there. So, you know, uh, being on the chopping block is a, is a is a hell of a thing, especially when they ain't using you. Uh, they will continue to do this. I mean, we we are on we have no we should be under no delusion that all of a sudden they would stop. In the past two years, they've released a litany of talents. So uh, I don't see this ending anytime soon. And they do themselves a big disservice because what it tells someone like me, someone who was already uh, critical of them, justifiably so for decades of bad behavior. Uh, it's it's more now like, okay, well, you're telling me not to invest. I can't actually invest in these characters. You just got rid of Hit Row, and they were something that I was looking forward to on your programming. I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this. So every time I watch your product, I'm watching your product from, from the most casual spectator perspective that I possibly can, because when you bring in these new talents, I don't know what's going to happen to them or even established talents. I don't know what's going to happen to them. Motherfuckers could release the street profits tomorrow. I would not be surprised. I'm not saying they would, but that's what they've in fact done. That's the culture that they have created. And that is how they are telling the, 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 the sports entertainment van, fan to view these talents. So I'll view them uh, other places where you know they're they're able to grow and build and add to the show as opposed to being like oh they should feel grateful that they're here well yeah sure but you should also feel grateful to have had them no i agree 100 percent. i do it does feel like and again this is just a change part of it is a change in the business strategy right they go from growth to uh to uh, making profits on the margins uh which is fine and maybe you know for a company that has been public for 20 years that makes more sense the problem is they were engaged in the growth strategy for the past five years. I retweeted this, the tweet that kind of showed the, the growth in the roster, which was at about 140 some people five years ago, ballooned to be just below 300, um, you know, as of like 2020, which explains these releases. It does really feel like at this point, they're just looking for people who uh, the second you cause any trouble, unless you one of like a dozen or so protected acts that they really care about that I, don't, that I would be shocked if they cut at this point. Um, then you, the the slightest controversy you cause, the slightest unhappiness, the slightest riff. It's like, oh well, we don't need them then. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, that's like it's 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 they're really like very focused on cutting the roster, and it's more so like, hey, just give us a reason, you know, yeah. just just say something, say that you, uh, you know, top dollars said, hey, when they let go of B, I called management and said you had made a mistake. That is a totally legitimate thing to do as a worker. When you're talking to upper management, you're supposed to be able to issue your qualms. But how will that how can that potentially get spun? It was difficult. He rubbed people the wrong way. So and that and that's the culture that they've been creating, that walking on eggshells type of situation. And, and that's fine. But it goes back to your point, Mike, from last week or maybe it was even two. It was two weeks ago, I believe. Where he was like, hey, yeah, well, it kind of feels like they just grab these people. So like to, so other places can't have them. They let go of them and slap the 90 day on them, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? and then just unleash them into the wild. 
So it's like, okay, I listen, I, I am not sitting there saying, oh, you shouldn't, you know, look, you got 300 people. You still have nine hours of programming. You are going to struggle to get in a quarter of those, of those talents, right? Um, because of how your shows are structured. Uh, so I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, it's so unreasonable to thin the herd. Most any company would, in fact, do that. It's the manner in which they do it. And it's how they conduct themselves. It's the reasons that they give that oftentimes are ridiculous in nature. And actually, on the face of it, just aren't, don't appear to be true. And then the, the things they try to say about these particular talents after the fact, which historically they've done. And I'm like, that, that always reeks of dishonesty. You know what I'm saying? Historically, it, like if this was the first time that we were, oh, someone was difficult. Oh, that's a breaking news. No, they say that too often, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so yeah, man, uh, this is going to keep happening. So, yeah, no, you know. it's not going anywhere. You just hope. And again, like I said, you hope it's done one, just a little bit more tasteful for the town. Mm. Uh, right. Again, the, the contract, it's the independent contract thing. is ridiculous, right? Like you can't have a contract if it only goes one way, which it seems to. Um, and yeah, you don't need to do that, right? Like you already cut somebody's work. You don't need to. And I get what it's done for. It's to put, you know, to explain to the fans, like, hey, why did you make me invest this time into these people and then just release them? It's like, well, it would be difficult. And then you don't, you don't need to do that. I would say just put a little bit more uh, thought into it. I mean, really, it's all you know. That, that's all it takes, right? Like if you want to release, and we've we talked about this a million times, right? If you want to release Alistair Black, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't. I think he's super talented, right? But like, if you are going to release him, don't release him after hyping him up for two months, having him reappear in your main event slot on SmackDown, start you know a feud with one of the stars who's now your WWE champion who you were pushing to the moon, and then just release him right there. You know, like put some thought into creative. It was old school WCW. I was like, yo, this these were the mistakes that WCW would make, as opposed to be like, yo, all right, we're gonna release you, but first let's have Biggie kill you on TV clear up that little thing. You probably wouldn't have an issue with it. You understand how these things go. And that's fine. It's like when in WCW, Chris Benoit was leaving and he was the WCW champion. It's like, well, do you want me to drop the belt tonight? Because that will kind of help your product if Sid can just beat me the next night. Oh, no, just give it to us. It's like, what is, wait, what? You devalue your own product when you do this. Everyone looks worse when you do this. And make no mistake, your product look worse. Make no mistake, it did make Big E look worse. It didn't help. It did him no favors, I'll at least say. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to continue to do this because the, the, it's not, they're not, uh, they're, I mean, again, I will say this again and again and again and again and again. They are not in the professional wrestling business. They have said this themselves. Um, and, and not tying up loose ends is something that when they were in the professional wrestling business, they would do. They ain't there no more, so they are not doing that shit anymore. Absolutely, and to drive just again, just to go back to this, uh, th this set's releases to drive this point home. They, the the hero just started a few with a uh, Jinder Mahal, tie it yeah. up. That's all yeah. you have to do. Just yep. you know, use, like who gives a shit, right? Keep him for an extra month. Have Jinder mm -hmm. go over clean, beat everybody, beat all three of them. You, you know, make him look like a little bit more of a threat because he hasn't really done yeah. much losing the title. To be honest, right? Like he appears here and there without. You know, I uh, I think his last pay per view match was him basically getting squashed by um by Drew at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. why not, right? Just make somebody look a little bit better, a little bit stronger. I, I personally, for me, for my opinion, you shouldn't have just kept him at NXT. You again, yes. they had a hot yeah. act. NXT just hit the lowest ratings they've ever had in the, in their time slot. You had one of the 
how this thing's going? You had was the feud with uh with uh the guys when they're Fantasma. Sorry, mm-hmm. fucking extra white. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, you have war games coming up right now. You need mm-hmm. a baby fast faction. All your factions are heels. Why not keep them there for that? Have them lose. Have them lose in that match. Then if you really don't like them and you don't see their talent, which is shocking to me, um, releasing then, but. Well, and, and look at from look at it from the perspective of for, look at it from this perspective rather. Yeah, but we called them up, so they had to sign different contracts. So now we can put ninety days on them. Whereas if they're on NXT, it's a thirty day. Sometimes it's nothing. Now we can just sit there and be like, well, you can't do nothing for ninety days. So I really don't think that that's that's the reason why they called them up, though. You know, what I mean, they just that's just no, no. I, I I I don't necessarily think that's the reason that they called them up. Uh, I I do think that looking back at it, I don't think they knew what they were going to do with them. Honestly, they got rid of BFAB. I'm like, okay, I don't think y'all really know what to yeah. do <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like and that's again yeah. and that's and that also and you know that right there the fact that they just do things without a long-term plan that what that is what makes your television worse the reason why again smackdown has been good is because it's clearly planned out you clearly have laid out plans for your top people i don't understand if you have the capability of doing that why not do it for everybody yeah Yep. All right. Well, I think we've said all we can about this set of releases. Um, we've said, we've said all we can until we have to say it again. That's right. Shout out to, again, all the talent released. And I forgot, I think the one person we forgot is Drake Maverick, who, again, this is his second time being released um, uh, from WWE. Hope again, everybody. Uh, I think he cut another great video. John Cena retweeted. Um, suggest you guys check it out. He's just, again, one of the one of the people who is impossible not to root for, I think, uh, you know, he's kind of like a, a baby f- face Andy Kingston almost. Uh, yeah. Just a guy who's incredibly likable. He can actually might be able to go to uh, AW and, and succeed. Um, Johnny, uh, I'm going to call him Johnny Mundo. I'm sorry. I just like the name much better. Johnny Mundo, I think he'll, he's also, he's the guy who they never saw value in anyway, yeah. right? He's always yeah. just there as a, as a heater for the Miz. And as soon as when Miz went away, he, they just did nothing with him. Um He'll be, oh, you know, again, he can succeed anywhere as well. Tegan Knox is yeah. Lady Kane. I they never gave her a character, so I yeah. get why she was released. But I think she's incredibly solid in the ring. So, um, again, shout out to all the talent being released. Yeah, all all these performers will be hopefully okay. Johnny Mundo can go anywhere, literally. I mean, Johnny Johnny certified, so he he's he's good. Uh, probably as as good as any of them. Like you know. Impact, should, yeah, yeah. Impact should be blow. He's a former Impact World Champion. They should be blowing him up pretty soon. So uh, he'll be good, or you know, in, in any of these other uh, places and spaces. But yeah, man. I mean, I think Jackson Riker, he'll be fine. He could always go do whatever, go to NWA or whatever. Drake Maverick can go anywhere. You can bring Rockstar Spud back. You can, you know, all of these guys are really, really talented. Um, and hopefully they're able to go to places to where they can really showcase their talent, which respectfully, none of them got to on the level that they could have while being in WWE. That's right. Uh, let's move on to uh, to actual wrestling uh, and what happened inside the ring. Last week, we have Full Gear, our quarterly AEW pay-per-view. I think it was very well received. We got a new champion, finally, up in the first AEW homegrown world champion and uh, Adam Hangman Page bringing to a close a two-year story arc. Um, so Toya, what did you think of AEW Full Gear? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I I enjoyed it. You know, I think a lot of people were a lot again, 
Uh, I I thought it was good. Did I think it was like the great? I thought their last pay-per-view was much better and much more enjoyable and fun and easier to watch. Uh, this was the first pay-per-view of theirs that felt a little long for me. Um, but I understand why they were tying up a lot of stories. You know what I'm saying? So, but I still enjoyed the event. Um, I had to watch it the next day because, uh, you know, I was doing some shows that night, but I thought it was good. I thought the matches that really stuck out to me, of course, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, because they just told the simple, beautiful story where, you know, Punk had like, in a sense, like get his fucking balls back, <laughs> you know, you know, for, or Eddie was just going to keep on punking this man, you know, and uh, I loved MJF versus Darby Allen. I think that's MJF's best match to date. And again, which I figured it would be because look, man, when Darby Miro might have my favorite TNT title run, I think Darby's was the most impressive TNT title run because he was wrestling. He was going in there against all these different guys and wrestling the mat wrestling. The, the story they told in that was so incredibly brilliant. Um, the finish was excellent. It protects Darby. Uh, hopefully at some point they get to run that back. Yeah, man. And you know, the, 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 I wouldn't say the frustrating, but the thing about this uh, podcast that a lot of people don't realize is that me and you, we haven't talked about AW food gear at all. Like we haven't said one word or one text to each other about it. And I think our opinions are hundred percent like the same. It's kind of uh, it is weird and almost, uh, I wish I could disagree with you, but I think I had the exact same feeling. I thought the MGF Darby Allen opener, blew my mind just how good it was i did not i thought it's by far mgf's best match ever in his career i think it might be darby allen's best match which is like you said saying something because mm -hmm. his run as a tnt champ was my favorite run of anybody as a tnt champion um just again everything i look for in the match um storytelling uh great great moves when he, the way uh mgf sold his knee buckle i i yes. thought it was like legit i actually yes. he actually injured his knee on the yes. on the, uh, the back uh suplex and the fact that he worked darby's uh, uh back i'm not sure if yeah. it's done on purpose but in the last pay-per-view match and again mjf only wrestles on pay-per-view so his last mm -hmm. match jericho worked his back so yeah. it goes to show you a young guy learning from the way learning. he got tapped out and now mm -hmm. bringing it to um to darby allen working his back wearing his back it's not working okay i'm gonna work all body parts right just Yep. And of course, you know, there's the whole thing with the headlock, the way they kept going back to it, and the fact that he won with the you know heel tactics and then a, a headlock takeover. Um, and, and again, all and, and on top of it, you did have some cool moves, you had the cool flips. Uh, Darby yep. Allen has the best uh suicide dive in the game right now. Um, just uh, incredible. I did not think there was going to be a, an opener this year. Um, that was gonna uh match uh the Hell in the Cell match between Edge and Seth Rollins. I think they Ooh, might have done it. It's very yeah, close. Yeah, I think it's I right think up there. Both of these, a, I'm like, it probably will end up in my top ten for the year. Just, in, just, in just and keep in mind, MJF versus Darby was just a straight up pro wrestling match. It yeah. was just straight up, not nothing else to it. And again, but again, I love stuff like that because I'm like, yeah, please show me, show me moves and transitions that aren't all flips and things like. I'm not saying don't have them. But I'm saying like, yeah, when MJF was like, I can, I'm my pro, my wrestling is so good. I'm going to beat you with a headlock. The moment he said that, I was like, oh, he talking crazy. I like this. I like, and they, and they brought it back. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Headlock take them. I'm uh, a tremendous yeah. professional wrestler. Tremendous. Just tremendous piece of action. Um, and I thought I, same as you again, I thought the middle of the show was a little bit of a slog. Um, so even some matches I liked, it was like, oh, I don't like the way they, booked them um i thought ftr versus uh, uh lucha bros was great until the end the end was just what the, i don't even I, I get what they tried to do 
after I tried to cheat but failed. But I, for me, watching it was just confusing. It was like well, I don't understand what's going on right now, and it was just it was weird and unnecessary. Um, but again, it was still a good match for right until the ending. But the ending is kind of important. Um, I thought I Miro Brian Danielson was a good match because they're both really good professional wrestlers. But I I hated the way they booked Miro. I this match should have been his whole story coming into this was he needs this win. He, you know, he needs this one so he can finally go home to his flexible wife and, and please his vengeful God. Why is he standing in the middle of the ring asking the crowd to cheer or to boo him? Why is he taking his time? Where's the urgency that, that, that he needs? And also, that's what I want to see. The best Daniel Bryan matches have been the ones with intensity and urgency. And it's kind of what I wanted out of this one is for them to beat the crap out of each other. And I thought in a way this might have been like the lightest Daniel Bryan match since his return, which I didn't oh, expect. definitely. Well, I think also because he's in there with Miro, right? I think that, and I, you know, I don't have any critique of what you said. Yeah, I mean, I can understand, like, why aren't you being more forceful about it? There are points where he was just dominating Brian. So in my, in that regard, I would flip it and be like, oh, your hubris got in the way. You, you think you, you say you want to go back to your, to your flexible wife and please your vengeful God, but your hubris continues to get in the way of these types of things. Um, I also think the pacing of the match was such that, Miro, when the moments that he was dominating uh, Brian Danielson to Danielson's credit, Danielson was dead. So it's kind of like, hey, yeah, like either crush him immediately or, you know, go to the crowd. And he chose to go to the crowd, which in my head, I would spin it as, yeah, that's why you lost. <laughs> that's, that, that, just, that's why you cannot go home to your wife, because you're you're you you have not humbled yourself. You have not done the things necessary to be with your flexible wife and please your vengeful God because your vengeful God needs someone stronger than, than this current incarnation that you give ourselves yourself. But to your, to your, to your point on that end, it definitely was the lightest Brian Danielson match, but also like, uh, you know, Miro doesn't really come from that place of like working the Indies or working in Japan. And, you know, you just, you lay it in. He doesn't really come from there. And I don't think that's a bad thing. He's a WWE guy that most people forget who Rusev is. That's an amazing achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think where he comes from is, is kind of what uh, factored into that. I just think, again, the way you, you present these guys is both of them, right? Because, you know, uh, Rus- uh, Miro, sorry, has a, you know, my type background. You present these guys, they can turn your lights up with a kick. Yeah. They don't need to go 20 minutes. They just don't. You know what I mean? So, they gone 12. Uh, they could have been exactly. And it would have been a better it. match. Um, I did like the, this is the kind of the opposite of the FTR Lucha Bros match because I actually love the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you keep telling me that Rusev's neck is his weakness, but he never loses match with GDT. So finally, and you he, have somebody who yep. is a, a, the best re- technical wrestler in the world. He should be able to take advantage of his weakness and tap him out. That and part he does. Like. Tornado DDT and then immediately into guillotine choke. He's out immediately. Rusev was gone immediately, which was, yeah, that's his Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Pop him on his head, choke him out. It's done. And it's and you have to be, but then he also he had to be the best technical wrestler in the world. It, it had to be the best of the, the best of the best to do that. So yeah, I did like that finish because it actually called out what the issue was with this guy, who's um who uh, for all intents and purposes outside of that, damn near unstoppable. Exactly. So I thought I did think that, again, like the ending wasn't. I just expected better of the match, I guess, and maybe that's my fault for having high expectations. Um, the next match I believe was the Super Click versus uh, Jurassic Express. Yeah, again, you have similar similar tastes in this, but yeah. boy, I I did not like that match. I wanted to. They they tried really hard and they put a lot. They they sacrificed their bodies for it and it had some cool spots. Better as a highlight video. 
I, I will never uh, watch this match again. I will watch that highlight yeah. video. Three minutes this, of awesomeness. But this match yeah, is tank, to be honest. This was uh this was long. Um I did not they did a lot of stuff. They did a lot of stuff. They did a lot of stuff. Um uh the, you know, the young bucks are good at getting heat. Uh, I, 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 I will always say this. I'm so happy Christian Cage was there <laughs> because there's always, there always has to be like a stabilizing force in the mat. And in this one, he still was that, um, I understood the point of it and, and, and the execute, it was to get jungle boy over that hump. This was long. They did a lot of stuff. A lot of it. I felt like it did need to be done. Um, it, it was, it was, just, it was a young bucks match. It was a super click match. And, um, when it was over, I was grateful uh, because, again, I, I just don't really like matches like this all like that anyway. And it it did not click for me. Um, it was a lot of stuff. It was, they, they just had a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> they just had a lot of stuff going on. And it was cool. And but all that being said, I'm happy that Jungle Boy got the win as I feel like that was needed for him. Oh, it was definitely much needed uh, as far as booking wise. But yeah, no, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I just, I. It was so it, much stuff. I appreciate it, but it, it yeah. just so disjointed. It was just so yes. all over the place. And I got to say, maybe the worst part actually was involving Christian because there was a moment when the, when he went up to take the dive. You can mm -hmm. see, I forgot who the three people who caught him. I know Brandon Cutler was in there. I want to say it was the Young Bucks and not the Brandon Cutler. Not I think it was either, yeah, it might have been Cutler and the Young Bucks. But you can see, because he didn't really like, he didn't hit a finisher on them or anything. He just kind of like beat them up, went up the stairs, and then went to the top again. And you can see the three of them standing around, turning, following him as he jumps off. Like they literally standing for like a minute waiting to catch him. It's like, what are you doing? It's a lot. What are we it's doing so here? Much, it's so much stuff. And again, here's the thing, man. That uh, here's that dive shit. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm just tired. Uh, <laughs> they I'm did tired. do a dive. After, that's um, right. They had like, yeah, like five back-to-back -back dives at one point. Yeah. After dive, after dive. That's right. Yo, stop. I'm tired. What the <laughs> fuck? One, as a, as a dude who's like in his mid to late 30s, the margin of error for that is like, one, it's crazy. Two, again, it breaks my suspension of belief. Because mm -hmm. now, and especially when the, especially when the camera can't fudge the shit, so I'm not seeing it. When you just letting me see it, I'm just dead. God damn it. I know that this is that the is predetermined. Don't fucking make me know that aggressively. I paid $50 for this. Like, so that that mm, ah, that dive shit. I don't Dude, know. One of the good things about the thing that one of the, you know, the stables, the great stables of the of the best shield matches was that when Seth Rollins did his dive, you did not see him coming. People nope. were brawling, and then you'd be like, he would disappear, and you forgot about him, and then out of nowhere, he flies, and you're like, oh, shit, that was awesome. Yeah. And this was not that. Um, uh, well, it, again, how can you be, how can, how can the camera crew get it right when there's so many dives, bro? Like, there's too <laughs> many. There's too many. So someone going to be, yo, all them kids, they all know what to do. They know how to do it. But it's like, bro, you got, there's so many, and we got to match how y'all are positioning yourselves. So this was not, you know, this was not fun, but it was, last, was they did a lot of stuff. Last uh, take I have about this match, and this might this might upset you, uh, but I do genuinely believe this. I think Jungle Boy needs like a year in WWE because when they pan to your face, the money they uh -huh. that the one thing WWE tells you, hey, the when you turn the corner and you become a different person because now you've gone to the dark place and you hit a concerto. 
boy, your face should change at least a little bit, buddy. Yeah. We need. I understand you're a professional wrestler. You're not an actor. This is not sports entertainment. Boy, oh boy, if we're gonna if we're gonna pan and then close up on your face, you, your face gotta do something there. No, no, no. I agree with that. Not that he should go to WWE. That would be terrible right now. I'll take some he'll he'll, he'll, yeah. No, yeah, he'll be fine in that regard. I mean, listen, you got enough people like Moxley when he gets back, Punk, uh, Kingston. You know, you got enough of those Christian being like, hey, man, you got to work on your facial expressions, you know, because that's going to that is, in fact, your moneymaker. And that's old school pro wrestling. It's showing that intensity. Um, he'll get there. But after 22 minutes and 35 seconds of stuff, <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. I'd have a I'd have a rather uh, uh, fatigued look on my face as well, because that's how I felt. At, once he finally hit that concerto, I was like, pin him. So this can stop now. Please. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the middle of the show was a little sluggish. And it's true for the next match, even though all four very talented people. Uh, it was Cody and Pac against uh, the uh, Malachi Black and Andrade Idolo. And this was uh, the ring. When they were in, in ring, and actually did, like, exchanges. And, and it was great because the talent level in all four wrestlers is great. But this is AW booked uh, Kenny Coase's match. Without even giving us a reason why they wouldn't be able to coexist, <laughs> besides, like, I mean, you, I know you can fill in, and you know, based on their characters, he is a bad, he's one of the guys named the bastard. The other guys uh, stand alone. Uh, they're all very different, but like, they didn't have any conflicts. You know, I mean, at least with WWE, as much of a trope as it is, they're like, hey, they, they have a match against each other later on, or they have a history with one another. They don't, don't like one another, or hey, they're polar opposites. We show you how they interact. These four, for the most part, never interacted. But they booked a candy coexist match, which is just unnecessary. And again, if you, you book this match, make it five minutes less. Do not overbook it with the nonsense you did. Just have them go at it and have a good match. It would have been a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah, I think that this I thought this match was okay. I thought it was I thought they did some things right in the match. I thought at least addressing it, but they didn't go too deep into it. You know, Pac was like, hey man, you know, after this little thing, our little, you know, uh, allyship, it's it's done which is good to establish because it keeps the characters agendas in place. Um, I thought that Malachi hitting black mass on Cody very early on and taking him out of the match, I thought was a good thing because you, because Cody, you know, Cody's still figuring it out now that he's a very polarizing character. Um, so having Pac have to do a lot of that heavy lifting actually, I believe helped the match to whereas had it been Cody having to fight from underneath, they would have been cheering on Idolo. And, and Malachi, which I don't believe was the desired effect. I think because you have those two, those four talented individuals, um, I felt that the match link didn't really bother me as it made sense. I do like how they closed with it being more just Andrade and, and Pac. I thought it was a way for them to tie up two storylines uh, that they did not want to do another one-off match with. It was a way to tie those things up, get those guys away from each other for the time being, and then reassess that later down the line, potentially with the championship on the line. Did they tie it up, though? That's the thing. And again, I don't want to spend too much time. I sure as fuck hope so. <laughs> well, there's no, what's the conclusion? Like, well, the did conclu Cody no, the didn't really change characters. Like, we're supposed to give no, him no, an edge. I guess he beat uh, yeah. uh, Malika Black in the, in the third match, but now he yeah. just got taken out. So that, yeah. so I don't know where, where that ends. And, and even Pac Andrade, there wasn't, I mean, it had somewhat of a story there, but what, just Pac wins in, in their feud? Yeah, like, Some, yeah but sometimes, sometimes in pro wrestling, sometimes the guy just wins. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, yeah that's, no, that's, you're not wrong. You're not. I, I, maybe I'm looking for something that's not there, and that's okay. Um, again, middle of the show, a little bit of a slog. Uh, would you let me ask you this? Because I, maybe I'm unfair on this match. What did you think of Britt Baker versus Ty Conti? Ty Conti's best match easily. Uh, there was some stuff in there that did not need to be done. Uh, that the moon salt, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like. High risk, high reward with the flipping. She I, we get it. Huh? She, she, you know, she did. She made uh, Charlotte Flair look like Kurt Angle with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to be too negative because I know they try so hard and I'm a fucking old white guy who would get, I don't know, break my back the second if I tried doing something like that. Yeah. And they're much more talented and better people and individuals than I am. Them ones all look like shit. I'm sorry. It, yeah. It was, it was unnecessary. Just because you can can do it in theory doesn't mean you should do it, mm-hmm. right? Because Brock Lesnar can do a shooting star press doesn't mean he should do a shooting star press, and he almost lost his life at WrestleMania 19 doing something that while he could do, he didn't need to do. So I would put this in that category as well. But everybody's got to flip. Everybody, you know, that's the that's the style right now. Um, I thought it was Cy Conti's best match. Uh, I thought, and here's the issue. Here's the real thing. I would have put 10 minutes on it. That's just me. I wouldn't have had to go 15. I would have had to go 10. But here's the reality, man. That 15 was necessary because they had to learn how to sink or swim in that situation. Britt Baker got to be able to carry a fucking match, period. She's just, if they don't have the title on her, she's going to wrestle people that are greener than her. So she just, she don't have to figure it out, right? Number one. Number two, and I think most importantly, had that match gone 10 minutes or sub 10 minutes, internet wrestling community would have flamed them because oh you guys aren't giving the women look at what wwe you got so they had no choice but to do that you know what i'm saying so i thought it was ty conti's best match i am actually grateful that ty didn't have to have the fingers put in her mouth and tap out i thought that's a good thing because Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be tapping out all your fucking baby faces quite frankly uh otherwise they do lose legitimacy so there's just that um yeah, I, I, they, you know, it was Ty's best match, and, and and we and we got through it. Yeah, man, I I thought the I mean, maybe I thought they they did not look good. I I did not like this at all. I I do I I do, except for the ending, I did not like it. Um, some moves again. I I give them props for trying. They really tried to make this match look good. Uh, at one point, I do not know why. Maybe like five minutes of the match, they were. Both were like breathing with their mouths open, just like look dead. I don't know if that's like a purposeful thing because they, I, I don't, I haven't seen an issue with their conditioning in the past. So I don't know if that was like, hey, let's make this look like a main event. Let's be more, let's oversell. But yeah. the way they were hitting the ropes, man, I, I did not like it until, except for the ending. I thought the ending was appropriate. Yeah, I mean, so many, so many people. I mean, again, hitting the, not many people actually hit the ropes that well these days, from what I've seen anyway. Uh, men and women, right? And a lot of that has to do with like height issues. So, you know, <laughs> That's I'm, right. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm, you know, uh, going to be, you know, a little bit kind there. But I think it was I, I was happy for Ty that she got the match. I thought it was her best match, um, especially I'd, I'd never seen her do 15 before. Um, she but yeah, can't bro, get, get WWE she, like Nia Rose versus Hikaru uh, Shida from this Dynamite. Which we've seen them. It's not even like an exciting matchup because we've seen them yeah. go at it a million times. But this dynamite was just like, uh, to me, a level better. Yes. Oh, easily. Well, because you because you have Nyla Rose and Ukara Shida. Like, yeah, there's levels to this. I mean, let's not be mistaken. Ukara Shida has really cemented herself as one of the best in the world, as has Nyla Rose. Um, and yeah, 
agreed. They've gone at it a bunch of times and every single time they're able to make it different, you know, because, but they're just, they got more polish on them. You know what I'm saying? They got more polish on them. Uh, Hikaru Shida's worked more places, which does make you better. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely levels to that. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, hopefully, uh, though Britt Baker and Ty Conti get there at some point. I definitely believe Ty has the potential to. It's just you gonna need you gonna need more time. I mean, she was in developmental in WWE. They didn't do nothing with her. So, like in in many respects, she's learning on the job. Um, as is Britt Baker to a degree still, because you know we hated her and she was terrible, and then she turned heel. And and her matches got shorter and everything got better. So it's like it's still f- that figuring it out process, I think. Uh, next up, we had uh, uh, a shot of crank in the, in the arm of a near dead person for, for me at the Mastery. Because, again, like I said, that middle was as that we described was a little bit sluggish. But Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, 11 minutes. Perfect. Perfect. Did exactly what they Woo! needed to do. Just two 40-year-old tough guys being the ever-living shit of each other, and that's yeah. what I want. That's what I want to take my money. Such a simple pro wrestling story. Also, this again, I think a lot of companies do this. Um, I think a lot of people are obsessed with, like, going long. You know, it's like, no, well, we, this it has to be epic. It has to be, you know, there was a time. I mean, it still happens in New Japan, right? You have an Okada match. That's a, it's going 30 minutes. It just has to it has to go 30 minutes, you know, which honestly, that's not the New Japan I, I watched growing up. I saw the great Muda win the IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship from Ricky Choshu in like five minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, and because it had to be a shocking well, moment. Well, that's a Tanahashi yeah. match. You know that. Yeah. Man. You know that that's our yeah. boy. Our goal yeah. 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 Is yeah. So that's exactly you know, right. It's, it's, it's how hard to critique that and also be like, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, Tata, yeah, Tata, Tata made it happen. Tata is Tata's fault, <laughs> but um, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, I think this was so simple, it was such a simple story. And again, it's like, yo, no, I'm gonna beat you up, I'm gonna beat you, and you're gonna have to. Who are you? Because, because again, you coming back with this whole love, I'm gonna hit you in the mouth when he immediately hit him with the spinning back fist, first, like boom, and had him dead to rights. It was like, and looking at him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is where we're at now. You know, so it's such such simple things that just meant so much more. Again, levels, levels. Yeah, I loved it. It was exactly what it needed to be. Um, Next up, you had Inner Circle versus America's top team. I, I, as somebody who was completely not excited for it, I was, it was still way too long and unnecessary. And uh so on Twitter, people pointed out, although I did not notice in the match, I'll be honest, but on Twitter, people pointed out that um, the ref was holding the ladder <laughs> for the for Sammy Guevara to jump off. Um, I was more sports entertained than I expected yeah. uh, in that match. Well, you had Jericho, I, I you had Jericho there. I, I did enjoy Jericho. it more than yeah. more than I thought I would. Uh, yeah. did, again, cut, chop five minutes off of it. I, but yeah, I, I loved all the, the toasters because it was an event in Minnesota. That was uh, yep. thank you for the announcing for that. Um, I got made me laugh. Uh, I love the hockey use of hockey stick. I love that you know the um, down Lambert, ham, uh, you know, healing it up, and then of course in the end getting the comeuppance he deserved. Yep. I, honestly, not I, it was a great no. Was it good? Yes, and it was better than I expected. Yeah, I I I liked it. Um, I, I I liked it. I like I didn't like some things about it. I mean, again, Sammy going Sammy got to do stuff so holding the ladder so sammy can do a thing again i know y'all love sammy i don't see <laughs> they it. Brought, they're gonna make sammy I, happen whether you like it or not I'm i know sorry, I, don't, not I don't i don't see 
Oh, look, oh, yeah. I mean, Even yeah, like said, this is the one where I just, which I didn't expect. I don't think there's too many AW superstars I'm higher on than you are. But yeah, I'll, I'll like Sammy, bro. He's, a, he's athletic. He's athletic. He's athletic. He I mean, I'm not saying he's not. That's but that's all he is. So if he I grimaces in pain well. I'm sorry. Yeah, this no, is based he, off. Of, he grimaces in pain really well. Yeah, he sells the moment. He doesn't sell the match. So yeah. it's fine. I mean, again, you go. I, I know they're gonna make Sammy. It's gonna be what it is. Sammy gonna Sammy gonna hold on to the titles that don't help the titles, but it helps out Sammy. That's just gonna best is what it's gonna be. If if this were a different time period, um we would be seeing Sammy five years later and he'd be much better uh, because, you know, uh, but that's not where we are, but I love the match. I was happy that uh, Paige and Scorpio got to be there. I would have preferred if they had won, uh, but you know, that, that wasn't going to happen. So, so there we go. We knew, we knew where there was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you had the main event and I kind of want to go back to your point, actually, like if you are the problem with, AEW, right? Is that you? The reason why you don't have each match go twenty minutes because when you have your last match go twenty five minutes, it feels less epic. The thing that New Japan gets is that yes, the last match might go fifty minutes, might go forty five, ridiculous lanes. People are okay with it because the rest of the card goes twenty and under. Mm-hmm. This match, if when twenty five minutes again, you had what like five matches hit about twenty minute mark, yeah, didn't yeah, stand out. It, it did yeah. not stand out. It yeah. still was great because, again, first of all, shout out to Kenny Omega. We can talk about, and we will, you know, um, I think there's a, a legitimate gripe to be made about his run as a champion, especially with uh, AEW. I don't know if he ever felt like, quote, unquote, proper champion. And maybe you can say that wasn't part of his character, whichever. Um, you have to give him props, man. The guy, now we're finding out that, you know, he did it through so many goddamn injuries that really he should have taken care of. And, you know, he saw it through that, hey, the company needs me. I'm the champion. We need to finish telling the story and make our first uh, homegrown champion. And props to him for go doing through delivering a great match that was epic. Uh, and the, I love the fact that they had a 25 minute match that didn't have any laws without working a body part. That happened so rare. And this was almost like an attitude era style, you know, just brawl and cool moves, complete with a you know uh, a ref uh, distraction, and you know have a ref slide in for the count. It felt very much a little, you know. I hate to make comparisons, but just the, the first one that come to my to my mind. But you know that Stone Cold Steve Austin main event. You know whether it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Rock, Stone Cold versus uh, uh, Angle, Just as far as like the way he feels and the and the, the way the match flows to me. Um, so just good job to both. Yeah, I think you cannot say enough about uh, Kenny Omega. I mean, first, so I'm going to go in. I love Kenny Omega's run as champion because it got to showcase a different aspect of Kenny Omega outside of the best bout machine. I got to see various, I got to see Eddie, Kenny Omega establish himself as a character to the best of his ability while taking homages from certain people. I got to see Kenny Omega be Nick Bockwinkle. You know, to a degree, I got to see Kenny have a hint of flair in there. I got to see Kenny, you know, even have some like Harley race tendencies in there um, and, and to yeah, and to, and to build himself and to build up his character, to have Don Callis as a heater to to then bring in, you know, um, you know, the young bucks and everything like that to really establish that faction, that character building for himself which was very, very smart to do when you're dealing with all those injuries, right? Like, so like when Austin broke his back in 2001, where he turned heel and he was the champion, he had to add other elements to himself because his back was broken. So uh, shouts to Kenny. 
this, I mean, this is why I say undisputed. It, it's totally justified that he won PWI 500. Mm-hmm. He'd been 100%. wrestling the most consistent, like, and to know what he was dealing with, uh, to be like, no, I've got to see this through. I have to lose to Hangman. I respect that tremendously because in 1990, Ric Flair was like, no, I promised Sting that he would be the guy. He has to be the guy. Uh, so we're going to do what we got to do to get there to make that thing happen. I did think they had a great match. Um, so I was very appreciative of that. The crowd was super into it. I had plenty of home logic. I had a lot of callbacks, especially with the young bucks, um, which I appreciated. Uh, and I, I, uh, I want Kenny to get all the surgeries that he needs and take all the time that he needs to, to come back as best he possibly can. Because while he is a young guy in the grand scheme of life, he is a 38 year old professional wrestler who has been doing this since he was a child. So there's a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. And I think towards your late thirties, that's where you have to be more mindful of being like, okay, I should get this worked on, you know? So hopefully he, he gives himself the space to do that. Well, he, well, first of all, Kennedy is a former new Japan champion. So like anybody yeah. who works that schedule, that's like, you know, that's a like triple your, uh, uh, wrestling years, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. those matches and it just, just, they will hurt you. They will put, you know, uh, limit your career significantly. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, again, I think, uh, you know, as far as ending, you know, we always talk about the endings and the matches because, uh, and on those cards, some of them just didn't make any sense and kind of ruined my enjoyment. And some of them can really make the match. And I think in this case, it's the latter. I, I love the ending with the young bucks, uh, appearing there and then, you know, kind of giving their blessing and knowing, Hey, you know what, this time you, you've earned it. You've deserved yeah. it. And, you know, we still remember, you know, the relationship where, you know, ultimately we, we broke into this industry together, even though we've fallen apart. We were not going to get in your way this time. Um, yeah. That was brilliantly well done. I love the fact that they still hold on to, you know, somebody kicking you out of a one-winged angel. Everybody thought it was going to happen. It's like, no, we don't need to. This is yeah. going to be good enough as is. We don't need to, like, uh, we you can, need, we can yeah. hold back a little bit. Save it for another day. Don't, yeah, you don't have to kick out of someone's fucking finish to make the match great. You really don't. You don't have to. You don't have to. Oh, no, it's never happened before. It's never happened before, but it happened in every match beforehand. Like, it's like, no, nah, man, come on. Stop it. Stop playing. Exactly. So um, I thought it was a great finish to uh, a good pay-per-view. And, and that's OK. AEW fans, it's, you can say that. It, it's, yeah, it was good. a good show. Not every show has to be the best ever. Not every show has to be the best show of the year. And this was neither. But this was a good show with... I think three great matches that delivered uh, two matches that were good. that I probably had too high expectations for and other matches that, you know, could have been shorter or, you know, were filler, but that's okay. Not every, you know, not, not every match is a, is a must watch on the show. And that's kind of the point. Yep. Uh, anything else? Any final words on regarding full gear? No. Okay. Uh, with that said, uh, we have been on for damn near 50 minutes. Uh, we do have a pay-per-view happening tomorrow. It's one of the major pay-per-views of the year, at least supposedly so. I will say this. If nothing else, WWE tells us it's a major pay-per-view because they have been on a heavy media blitz promoting it in New York, the greatest city in the world. So without further ado, the least we can do is go through the card and give our previews and our thoughts regarding 2021 Survivor Series. Uh, Satoru, are you excited for 
2021 Survivor Series. Well, you know me. I'm not excited for this thing. I've said it very, very numerous times. The card stacked up exactly how I thought it was going to stack up. In all likelihood, Roman Reigns, as Universal Champion, has to beat the WWE Champion because they are insistent on making you believe that the Universal Championship means something other than what it means. And I want to tell you, this is what that title actually means. It ain't worth the shit. Point blank. Full stop. Don't care who has it. Don't care how long they have it. That piece of shit doesn't fucking matter. It's the WWE title, the one that's over 50 years old that actually should matter. But in WWE, it is everything for Roman. So in all likelihood, Roman Reigns picks up the victory over Big E because we can be half pregnant over here. So good. Well, to be fair, I think just uh, Fox paid more money. <laughs> he has given them more money than NBC, so that's why. Um, Roman beats Big E, and I think that's why Universal Champion beats. Uh, Universal w- Champion w- wins every year. The Universal yeah, Champion was- wins every year. Every mm-hmm. year, the it's Universal true. Champion has won. So that title stinks. Uh, this pay-per-view stinks. Uh, so, yeah, Roman Reigns. Well, they, they, I would say this. Can I give him props, though? At least this is one of the two matches they actually got me excited for. Like, I'm actually excited to see it now. I think they did a good job over the last week promoting it with, uh, you know, the crossovers and Big E appearing and, uh, on, on, on SmackDown last night and putting the boots to Roman Reigns and to the Usos with the help of King Xavier. I think that I would have been more excited if they just did straight up, no title versus title, just do straight up Bloodline versus New Day. I thought that, that would be that more, more interesting. Sense. But, yeah. but no, but, but Roman has to. But Roman has to go over. We have right. to keep Roman strong. Roman, he. We got to make sure he's over, bro. We gotta. <laughs> we gotta make sure he's getting the push. And then from uh, there, you have. Yes, yeah, this is this is the actually the actual exciting match on this card mm-hmm. is Charlotte Flair versus uh, Becky Lynch. Which yeah, to me, I'm like, this hey, is. They sold it. Yeah. They, hey, yep. You know what? They, they took one of their worst TV segments and made it and made them worth worth something. Which is you know that's. That's we. That's the, the the you have to give them props sometimes, right? Uh, very excited for it. Uh, I think they did a good job selling it. I think whether it's real or not, I believe it's real. I want to believe it's real. Uh, they they you, are they probably hanging out right now, you know, uh, sipping mimosas, laughing at all of us for buying into their heat. But I don't give a uh, shit. I don't want to think about that, bro. I yeah. believe that this is real, and they really hate each other. And I want to see them bit. Uh, as to quote Becky Lynch, uh, beat the piss out of one another on Sunday in what should be the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. This is actually like this should be the main event. Um, you know, my my thoughts with Charlotte Flair, notwithstanding, I, I stand by everything I've ever said about her. Uh, it's more to the point that if there's actual real heat there, it makes it more exciting. But you know, we have to be careful. Um, working yourself into a shoot can be very, very dangerous. Uh, history has shown us this. So hopefully they give us a great match where Becky Lynch wins uh, because Charlotte winning is like Roman winning. And there's no need for that. Uh, exactly. so, you know, I think Becky Lynch, <laughs> still, you know, she, still, she, she, she was only on. I mean, she hasn't lost since she came back, but, you know, uh, she, you know both. Of them, I think both of them cash up for a loss. That's kind of like the beautiful booking of this. I don't feel I think if Charlotte wins great, if Becky wins great, but I just want to see the match happen. Yeah. Which is that. Well done. Yeah, they, right. they've, they've built it well. Now we have Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley versus Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corgan. And who was who was the other person that they locked in? Uh, uh, Sheamus? Sheamus, yeah. Sheamus won. I think, I mean, honestly, I think Team SmackDown, uh, if Team Raw were to win, I would want it to be Bobby Lashley alone by himself or Finn Balor. But that is not going to happen as no. those two have been devalued such. So I'm going to put my money on Team SmackDown. Um, but there's dissension between Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre. 
should be Drew and like maybe one other person, but uh, standing tall. But we'll see. Actually, it would be really cool if it came down to Drew versus Bobby because they could actually run back the thing that, you know, Drew's never really gotten over on man's. So that would be a cool thing to run back. But uh, we I, I shall do, see. That, that is how I want it to end. I think that's the only way that kind of makes sense. I mean, they're. they're and, and given props, they have been telling a lot of stories. There's a lot of uh, cool things happening within each brand, just nothing happening uh, between each other, which is why the, the match doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you, 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 they're probably going to do something with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, right? Because uh, they have a history together. Um, Austin Theory should be the first person eliminated. And that's, I'm saying that somebody who's an Austin Theory fan. Um, <laughs> Jeff Hardy is probably going to be the first person eliminated. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, again, as somebody who's going to be there in person, um, I just hope they, they they book it well and give us exciting moments and exci- exciting exchanges. Um, I do think the most exciting thing they can do is have a come down to Bible Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, next up, you have uh, the five on five women's Survivor Series elimination match between Team Raw, consisting of Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina, against Team SmackDown with Sasha Banks. Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and hey, Tony Storm, she has made it. She's on the pay-per-view. It should be Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan as the surviving two members on Team Raw. Uh, I know they're pushing Liv right now. I mean, Liv ain't gonna win nothing. But, you know, uh, with all you've done with Bianca Belair, it should, Bianca should be standing tall to keep her, to keep her somewhat impressive. That's what I think should happen. Um, will it happen? I don't know. I think Team Raw does a clean sweep on this one. I think it makes sense to me, given the story you have going with uh, 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 Sonya Deville uh, and how, you know, she manipulated the team, how, you know, there's dissension, how the top two members of, well, outside of Shayna Baszler, I guess, but Shotzi and Sasha Banks don't get along with one another. I think this is where you see the sweep by Team Raw and, you know, uh, you see something on SmackDown to refer to that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we have our Intercontinental Champion versus our United States Champion and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest. Uh, I have Damian uh, winning as he is uh, at this point. I I don't know that I would say more over, but his title run has been more invested in. Uh, And it's a shame because Shinsuke was rocking and rolling and they just haven't had him do anything with that Intercontinental title. Um, It's already bad enough. The title is aesthetically ugly. But when you I love do nothing with, I, yeah, like I know, that. but you have, but you have terrible taste in things That's sometimes, true. you know, so I, I have to begrudge you that. Um, but no, I, I think Damien's hotter right now. And I think they see more of an upside for Damien. I think Shinsuke is kind of like, you know, he's kind of white. They, regardless of whether he is or not, once he loses that title, it's all winding down. So, um, Shinsuke so yeah. is there to set up Rick books. This yep. is he, unfortunately he's there. Hey man, you know, finish out your contract. Help us make this new guy, which is fine. Like again, yeah. I don't, I don't like it because I'm a huge Shinsuke Nakamura fan, but I do, I do like it. I like the, you know, that um, at least they're they're using old guy to make a young guy, right? Which is mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do as a good company. I agree with you. I think Damian Priest goes already. Right. Like like you said, they, he's a new character. They're doing something with him. Uh, it's not overly actively. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura is just a guy who comes out for an entrance and. Uh, that's about it. Uh, next up, we have uh, the Champions with Champion Tag Team match between RK Bro and the Usos. This is like the match I'm half excited for. They did half a build for at least they had they, the the two teams interacted with one another before the pay per view. 
Uh, I think this one probably is your opener for the night if I had to make uh, make a bet. And I'm going... I'm going to go RK Bro because Roman wins in the end of the night. So Usos lose to start the night. I'm going to go... Mm. Yeah, I, I would say RK Bro because they've been taking a lot of L's. Would not surprise me if... Or Riddle's been taking a lot of L's, let me be clear. It would not surprise me if the Usos won <laughs> anyway because that has happened as well. But yeah, I, I would go with RK Bro on that one. And I think they'll have a fun match. I think it'll be fun. It's they're, they're always good. I mean, again, you have, you know, four levels of just all four wrestlers are really good. Um, so I, I can't imagine them putting out a bad effort, especially if they're given enough time. Uh, last thing, you have 25 man Battle Royal. I don't like previewing Battle Royals. I don't feel strongly about this one. I quite frankly don't even to wait to see who, who participates. Uh, any thoughts on, on a 25 man Battle Royal? I do not care. There you go. Uh, that has been your 2021 Survivor Series preview. Uh, so, Doyle, before we get out of here, uh, we have to give uh, the people our match of the week. Uh, do you have anything else that we left uh, from the weekly discussion, or should we go? We go to the most anticipated segment. We, we can go the match of the week, baby. Satorio, please, please give the people what they want. Give them your match of the week. Now, I told you guys, I, I, I gave, I gave, I wouldn't cut a promo on the WWE and their titles and their championships and all this other stuff. But in the interest of fairness, I'm going to take you guys back to 2001 for the Survivor Series, the five on five winner takes all. It was the blow off to the invasion versus WWF angle. So you had Team WWF, which consisted of The Rock. Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane and The Big Show versus The Alliance, which was Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. Whatever team won, they got to have the company at large. So it was Vince fighting off uh, uh, Shane and Stephanie and Paul uh, Heyman, and this was the big blow-off to an otherwise very underwhelming uh, invasion angle that they messed up from the very beginning, but had some really cool bright spots in it. I did find this five-on-five five match to be very entertaining as I watched it as a 17-year-old kid. Um, it's a little long. I'm going to keep it real with you. It goes about 44 minutes, almost 45. But with the stakes and the participants at hand, it makes total sense because uh, you had Austin and Rock in there, which is always a good time. So that is on Peacock. Uh, I'm sure it is somewhere on YouTube, uh, but the quality of it might not be great. But definitely on Peacock if you have the network. Bro, that's such a good recommendation. This ma- I was 12 years old. I, this match was, again, this was before I got hip to the dirt sheets. So I, yeah. I really thought that WWE might lose, might be out of business. <laughs> yes. Bro, this match, I, again, <laughs> I, I, looking back, I understand why the Invasion angle, nobody likes it. For me, at 12 years old, this entire Invasion thing was awesome. I was super into it. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I was confused as to why we weren't getting Hulk Hogan and where they are, but I also was just like excited for what it was uh, at the time. And yeah, I was uh, I was super into this. Um, even though I have, wouldn't see you, I'll have to see match years later at that time. I was uh, still an immigrant kid whose parents were not going to pay for any pay-per-views. I don't think they knew what they were even, so uh, <laughs> I had to find other ways to watch the match. But yeah, this was very, very, very important match for me in, uh, in my uh, forming stage. Um, I'm going something a little bit more recent, 2018. Uh, just I, I in our end of the year conversation, I think we'll talk in depth about AEW um, and in the year they've had. Um, but the one thing I've been thinking about is the the, the prime NXT versus AEW now, uh, just because again, yeah, and that's complement to AEW as far as operating on a higher level. 
Um, this is my matches from Prime NXT era. Uh, it's Alistair Black against Johnny Gargano from War Games 2018. Very forgotten about match, but I highly recommend watching it. It, it, it. it features everything I love about pro wrestling. There's a story being told. The story in this match is Johnny Gargano slowly turning heel and Alistair Black wanting to absolve him of his sins. Uh, also, Johnny uh, cost uh, Alistair his championship. And which inadvertently led to Tommaso Ciampa, his biggest rival, taking the championship from him. Um, just an incredible story, and two of the best wrestlers in the world going at it and telling that story. So, uh, I think it's an incredible match that you will enjoy. Yeah, he ain't wrong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been us. Thank you for spending your hour uh, listening to our musings about wrestling. Uh, enjoy uh, Full Gear if you still haven't seen it. Enjoy Survivor Series. Uh, and uh, have a great time. Brothers and sisters, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the wrestling this weekend. Have a nice time. Take care of yourselves and each other.